Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Okay, Ken, so our top films of the year. Number five, who wants okay. to go first? You? Right. Um, no, 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 I'm not going first again. This is you. You you go first, and I will just uh, rearrange mine into a list and uh, make it only five as we go. Sounds good. Didn't I go first last time? Probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My number five. Surprised this didn't end up on your bottom five. Go on. It is Skinnamarink. That one, no, because I haven't seen it. I thought you'd watched it and you hated it. I watched the first 20 minutes and thought, fuck this, I've got better things to do, like watching Terror at Bigfoot Pond. Ah, okay, fair (laughs) enough. So this is directed by Kyle Edward Ball. Yeah, I've I've never seen this, so I can't can't comment on it and haven't, haven't listed it anywhere. So this film, it's about two children who wake up in the middle of the night to find that their father is missing and all the windows and doors in their house have vanished. What I love about this film... I mean, this is number five. I mean, this isn't like un- unbelievable. I think there is issues with it, certainly. I-, I think it is too long, about 20 minutes too long, in fact. But what I love about it most is that if you look on stuff like uh, IMDb or anything like that, people are either rating this as 10 out of 10 or 1 out of 10. There's no, I mean, there is in between, obviously, but predominantly people love this film or hate this film. And I, I like that when films do that to people. I mean, certainly for me, I think, the way I watched it, I watched it middle of the night in bed on a laptop with my headphones on. And that for me made that film a much better experience than if I'd watched it in a cinema. Now, I've also seen reviews that say you need to watch it in a cinema to get the effect of it. But I, I honestly think the best way of watching Skinner, because it's, it's, there's no cinematography to be looking out for. You know, the, I, whilst I do like the sound editing in it and, and the use of sound in it, I, I don't think you need to be in a big fucking cinema complex to, to enjoy it. I think this is absolutely tailor-made for watching on your laptop with your headphones on in the dark. That's how I watched it. And, and there was points where it did legitimately, legitimately scare me. And, and horror films just don't do that to me anymore, which is why I liked it so much. You've got such a young protagonist as well. I think it's a sister and a, a brother and a sister. And I think the eldest one's got to maybe be five years old, which is terrifying as well. And there's no adults in it. That safety blanket of an adult presence in the film is not there. You've just got these two children, a TV that plays old school cartoons and this presence in the house, that all it wants to do is make them suffer and torture them. And that is just, that premise itself, I think, is just a horrible but great premise. There's, you know, people say this the film is boring, and I think for a lot of people it probably is. If you're not in the right frame of mind to watch it, and you're not invested into it. If you're doing other things, you you know, you you got your phone with you or whatever, you're not going to get, you're going to get out of this film what you put into it, I think. You, you do have to try with the film. But I think if you do try, you, you do get a lot out of it. It gives you a lot of breathing time. There's a lot of shots of stuff and nothing happens. You'll see feet, you'll see side of people's, like side of the kids' faces, lots of things where it's just nothing going on. But I think because there's so much of that, that when something 
horrible does happen, it, it affects you more. It's certainly got me quite a few times when the horror actually does turn up. You're almost not expecting it. You're almost lulled into this sort of dreamlike state where, and that's what it actually reminded me of as well. It's, it's, it reminded me of being a child and having and waking up in the middle of the night when the whole when the rest of the house is asleep and it's in pitch black darkness. You're at the toilet or whatever. That feeling of being in that in the house and you being the only person awake in the house. I remember that feeling as a kid, and that's what it gave me watching it again. And I think that the, the the film's trying to tap into those sort of childhood fears of why is your wardrobe door open a crack when it wasn't when you went to sleep, and is something going to grab my foot at the end of the bed when? As soon as I turn over or my foot comes away from the quilt, you know what I mean? Those sort of things. This is exactly what it's tapping into. And I had such a great time watching this film. Skin of Marink. It's on Shudder, I think. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, everybody. That is possibly the most in-depth uh, re- review of a film we've ever done without uh, any jokes or anything like that. I just let Dom go with that. Um, obviously, you probably fell asleep, similar to myself. Uh, but that's that's just honest, isn't it? Isn't that Dom just being honest about why he's enjoyed a film? Yeah, is that what you want to hear? Probably not. <laughs> what do you want to? Arnie impersonations? Ah, how dare you, Skinnamarink! <laughs> I did not enjoy Skinnamarink. I did not understand it. It's just some kids' fucking feet on a carpet. What the fuck? Twenty-five k budget as well. That film. I'm not surprised. It was fuck all happening. That's true. Yeah, I turned it off. I turned it off. It's just I don't want to watch some kids sit in a fucking room. See, even in this nothing. microcosm of two blokes on a podcast, one loved it, the other one watched the first twenty minutes and fucking turned it off. You know what I mean? That's. I, I think you owe it to yourself, people, to to give it a watch and, and make your own mind up. I think you'll either love it or you'll absolutely hate it. <laughs> Can't believe you're using me as a, a bad reference to that film. Therefore, that everyone should watch it because I didn't like it. Yeah, absolutely. I said I haven't seen it. I've not seen it. I've only watched 20 minutes. Turn it off. I'm not fucking bothered. What's your number four, uh, five, Kev? So tell me, tell me, everyone, go out there, watch it on Dom's recommendation. Come back. Tell me I'm right. That's all I'm asking. Tell me, Ken, you were right. It was a load of shit. You saved yourself an hour. Dom, what the fuck are you wittering on about for 20 minutes telling us how great it is? <laughs> That's what we want. That's all we want. Obviously, do it honestly. Dom gets annoyed when I keep saying how shit Skin and Marink is. <laughs> no, I don't get annoyed. You know what? It just strengthens my resolve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Ooh, it's all about atmosphere. <laughs> it is. You got that right, Ken. I love a good yeah, atmospheric film, you know me. Load of shit. Russ Abbott, he likes an atmosphere, doesn't he? He did, yeah. One of his songs, yeah. What's your number five then, Ken? Okay, I've got one. I've got one for you. I've got the Pope's Exorcist. Oh God, that nearly that nearly was in my bottom ones. No, I thought it was just fucking funny. What the fuck's Russell Crowe doing? What's his accent? Like Mario. It, it does. I, I just thought it was great. I thought Russell Crowe was having the time of his fucking life. It seemed like it. And it's big, big Russ in a po- in a priest's outfit, riding a fucking Lambretta moped around the place, shouting <laughs> cuckoo at nuns. Exactly. Why you, how can you not enjoy that? It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> He's having a right old uh, laugh. There's been some terrible exorcism films in, uh, this year. I just thought it was fun. Honestly, yeah. I thought it was good fun. I thought it's not, it's not breaking any new ground or anything like that. But Russell Crowe was good, and he seemed to be enjoying himself. 
I thought to myself, I thought, okay, right, here we go with a franchise. And then at the end, it just said, he's dead. (laughs) 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 Character he's played, he's dead. He died. And you think, oh, okay, so we're not doing a franchise. We're not doing a, a series of films or anything like that. That was it. One off. They got scared off by the new exorcism, the exorcist. You tri- think it trilogy. was? You think uh, David Gordon Green's paid them all off and just said, "Look, look, look, Big Ross, leave it. This is my domain now." Yeah. No, I just thought it was good fun. I thought it was if effective enough as it is. I mean, obviously, you get an exorcist film, um, just any kind of exorcism film. Sorry, and um, it's got to be the same sort of. There's, there's not many ways it can go differently, is there really? No. It is kind of, there's a priest uh, and there's the the possessed and that's it. I thought take, taking uh, a Deborah Logan was a good recent. Yeah, no, no, there, there, are some, there are some good efforts. But obviously, I mean, if, if this one, if you're going to have it based on reality, you've got to stick as close as you can whilst making it what as was, interested as you can. What was the two Asian ones that we spoke about to each other? Incantation was one. Oh yeah, that was a good one. I, yeah, I like that one. Was it? Was it the med? Was it meditation? The other one? Uh, I don't think so. I think it just sounds like incantation. That one. Yeah, yeah. What was it? The the medium. Yes, the medium. Yeah, those two were good as well. Yeah, but I say, I bet, I, I bet those cultures have got loads of shit ones as well. Yeah, but they don't. No doubt. They, they keep thinking. They're thinking that's just a rip off of incantation. Incantation but, was great. Yeah, but no, I, I just enjoyed the Pope's Exorcist. I thought it was good fun. Yeah, I, I just laughed. Yeah, it just, just made me laugh. It just made me chuckle, and uh, the time went by. I'm not saying it's the best film, fucking, like, definitely one of the top five ever made. It's just, I just thought it was good fun. I enjoyed it. Well, when you watch Welcome to Bigfoot Pond, it looks like fucking Oscar worthy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terror at Bigfoot Pond, Dom. Not welcome. You don't get a welcome when you go to this pond. <laughs> you just get a bunch of hippies in their fucking underpants. That's all you get when you go there. So your number five is The Pope's Exorcist. Yes. And again, I'm trying to stick to films that you've heard of. Excellent. My number four is No One Will Save You. Ooh. Okay. So now, the- I've avoided this one. Oh, have you? How come? I just, I just don't want to watch it. I, I heard that there's barely any uh, dialogue to it, and I thought, I can't be fucking bothered. It's true. There's three lines of dialogue in the whole film. There this, you go, you see. This is a Brian Duffield film. It's about an exiled, anxiety-ridden homebody who must battle an alien who's found its way into her house. It's on Disney Plus over here in the UK, and I think it's on Hulu for you Americans. Uh, where did you get Pope's Exorcist, Kev? Uh, physical media, man. Physical uh, media. Okay, so you could probably find that. You could probably get that on Amazon Prime to rent if you wanted to. But yeah, No One Will Save You. I think, if anything, the, the third act of No One Will Save You is a bit all over the place to stop it from going up higher. However, I think it's Caitlin Dever who's the, the main woman in it, is is great. I thought the, the chase scenes and the way it builds up tension and is really well done considering there's no dialogue. And I think it, it just ramps up and up and up, really puts its foot to the floor and doesn't take its foot off until the end. I enjoyed the alien designs. I enjoyed, as I say, the chase scenes. And yeah, re- really, uh, really quite enjoyed it. I, I went in with no expectation of what the film was about. Watched it and, and yeah, very much enjoyed it. So give it a watch. No one will save you. Excellent stuff. Right, my number four. It is 
Brian and Charles. That sounds familiar. What's that about? It is a British comedy. And it's, it's rated PG and it is from 2022, directed by Jim Archer. And it stars David Earl, who was in Afterlife TV series with um, Ricky Gervais. Oh, yes, of course. I know you're talking about. Yeah, and it's, uh, he is basically the uh, Joe Swanson character, uh, if Joe Swanson wasn't already in that film or in that program. But um, this, this film, he plays a, a sort of isolated hermit guy doing a Talking Heads documentary on himself. So it's like kind of got a film crew with him. And he invents stuff that's basically shit. And in this, on this one occasion, he invents a companion out of a washing machine. So he's got like a big box chest because he literally is a washing machine with a fake head on top. And it comes, he's, he gives it life. And it's just becomes his friend. And it's just really, really funny. What's it called? I'm going to write it down because I really do want to watch it. It's just called Brian and Charles. Brian and Charles. Yep. So Brian is the the human character. He's just a lonely, sad sack. (laughs) And uh, yeah, he just, he creates Charles. who has a life of his own and starts to talk. And just then he starts to wonder about the outside world, which... Brian doesn't want him to go and see because, you know, he wants to keep him there for himself, but it's also dangerous for a <laughs> a robot with a washing machine for a body, which is it's fair just, enough, you yeah, know. It's, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's, it's a very, very odd film, which uh, you probably already guessed from the description, but it's really, really good. I, I, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was ever so funny. It's uh, actually quite an emotional film as well when he's, you know, he's, he's becomes best friends with his own robot and yeah it's just it's just really entertaining without anything really happening which i really liked he just wants to go and see the world because he's he's taking on he's learning things the robot he's learning about the world through books and everything and just wants to see it for himself whereas brian just wants to stay keep himself to himself and that's it. That no, sounds good. I'd, I'd definitely give that. Yeah, a watch. It, it is. It, it, it's really well made. It's really well written. Um, some of it seems improvised with him talking to to himself, like just talking to the camera and describing what he's up to, what his latest inventions are. They're funny. His inventions are funny because they're all shit. Uh, but then, as I say, just makes this one out of stuff that he's got in his shed, and uh, it becomes his new best friend. <laughs> and that's it. It's a story about unlikely friendships. It really is an enjoyable film. I really enjoyed that one. It was one that my son had already seen, and he said it was very good. And I watched it, and I thought, yeah, you, you're damn right. It is. That is very, very good. And where can people see that? Um, again, I I got that one off. Uh, I rented it. I think you can rent it on Prime as well. So I don't think it's actually streaming anywhere unless you want to look that up and find it for yourself. But uh, I I rented that one. But very enjoyable. Okay, so my number three is a film called Dinner in America. Ooh. Ever heard of it? No. Directed by Adam Raymer or Ray Meyer. Adam Ray Meyer, I believe. Uh, this is about an on the land punk rocker who hides out in the house of a local girl who turns out to be obsessed with his band. Oh. 
Uh, he wears a balaclava when he's on stage to hide his identity, so she has no idea he's the lead singer of the band that she's obsessed with. Uh, it stars okay. Kyle Golner and Emily Skeggs, and they are fucking great in this film, both of them. He earns money by doing um, paid medication experiments. He nice. does that. He's like fucking aggressive and just sets fire to people's property and just this fucking lunatic. And she's this sort of on the spectrum girl who he sort of takes advantage of and lies low in her house while she's on the like hiding from the police and just their relationship and how they sort of start to become friends and is is really really nice to be honest it's it's a it's a it's a really great thing um a lot of people compare it to napoleon dynamite and i can see why people would say that it's very much does have that uh, about it with the humor it's really funny uh, Leah Thompson's in it, little cameo from her, who is well, well, the, the mum from Back to the Future, and she's in Howard the Duck. Yeah, very, very sexy in that. Yeah. Sex with the fucking duck. Yep, and there's a it's song in it. Sexier than that. Yeah, the, 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 the two main characters, they make a song in, in the basement at one point, which I'm a big fan of. I've got it on my Spotify playlist. I saw someone in three words describe this film as unconventional, aggressive, and heartwarming, and I think that's a great way of describing it, and I would recommend this massively to anyone who hasn't seen it if you'd like napoleon dynamite i think you'll like this nice and that is i think it's on it's definitely on the arrow video player for streaming but you can also rent it on prime dinner in america good stuff written it down your number three ken my number three is talk to me oh that's in my honorable mentions yeah it is talk to me the uh 2022 horror film yeah, saw this in the cinema. As did my son, who recommended uh, this one to me as well. Yeah, I think it's Australian, right? Yes, it is, yeah. Made by a couple of YouTubers. Yeah, and it was very effective. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like this one. There's a, they've, it was, a, again, a kind of coming-of-age thing, isn't it, where she yeah. you know, just wants to be accepted, does all that business, and um, it's, a, it's about a young girl. Who uh, you know she goes goes to a party and as you you know when you go to a party and uh, they suddenly get an embalmed hand out <laughs> and uh, start fucking around with it and uh, become the conduit of spirits. Yes, you know, um, same other party that you've probably been to. Yeah, and also that opening scene in that film where it's that lad that goes into a different party ends up getting himself stabbed. Like, I thought yeah, that was a good they- opening. I, th- I, th- I think the whole thing's very good. As soon as they start doing that, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a teenage angst, like awkwardness part of the film. And then suddenly, when they got when they start like doing the spiritual bit, it's just a total shock to it that it's it's very seriously done. Yeah, so it's almost kind of like a reference for sort of like party drugs, isn't it? This hand that they bring along. Yeah, they they just they're, they become more and more reliant on it, aren't they? And the, that's that's how they all become friends. And everyone wants to be part of the group that does the hand, and she does it to try and like fit in. And the other one does it for it, her mom, try and find her mom. Yeah, and this is like rules to it that you have to uh, you have to say something, let go, and do all that. Otherwise, they don't fully go away. And they they hang around afterwards, and the door's not closed, and all of, all of that business, the, the usual yeah, thing, candles that's... lit, and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like it's, it's usually it's usually just in seances, isn't it, and Ouija boards? But this one's just with an actual severed hand. 
yeah. an embalmed hand. Um, the, the way it's done, I think it's very good. I enjoyed the way that uh, it moves between kind of teenish comedy school life and just outright horror and uh, some very, very uh, good violence in it as well. So that when the, the brother goes and does the seance with them and he gets sort of yeah, trapped in the... Exactly, that's, yeah, exactly, yeah. That's, it's that's like brutal, this, that. There is, there is, there. There's some nasty, nasty bits in this. As yeah, well, especially with that brother. Actually, you know, when he's, he's sort of self-harming at the some absolutely brutal yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's like it's. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like they're just not scared to show you stuff. Yeah. And uh, and they just they really just go for it. And I I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was very good. I liked the um, I like the the feel to it. I like the characters. There are there is bits of like comedy in it. Uh, even when dealing with the spirits that are following them, and they're not—they're not closed it properly, and it keeps like coming into their real life. Um, but even, even that's like little bits of amusement. Uh, but at the same time, bits that are disgusting. Yeah, I mean, in a year as well where we had a, quite a lot of these sort of little-known horrors that turned out to be really good. I, th- I think this one's right up there. I, I really, really yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I, I I like this one. I like this one, and um, I I probably will uh, watch this one again at some point. It's one of those that it's not just a a one watch and move on. I'll probably go back to this one and give yeah. it another shot. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. That was in my honourable mentions. Uh, talk to me. Um, I think that's probably not long out the cinema. Maybe it is by now. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Right, I'm going for a beer. Hang on. Okay, my number two yep. is All My Friends Hate Me. Okay, yeah, I remember you mentioned this one. Yes, this I watched this back in January. I didn't even realise this would have been eligible for this list because I thought I'd watched it the year before. But this was one of the first things I watched this, this year. It's a 2021 release. It's basically about a guy called Pete. He's excited, cautiously excited about reuniting with his uni crew for a big birthday weekend. But one by one, his friends slowly turn against him. Is he being punished? Is he paranoid? Or is he part of some sick joke? This is a very small, like just a group of friends is the whole cast all set in this manner. And I fucking loved this film. I really, really enjoyed it. I love the performances. The dialogue is on point. You got Tom Stoughton, who's I think he wrote it as well. He plays Pete. He's great in it in the in the main role. You got Dustin Demery Burns as Harry. He's great as this sort of weird Welsh guy. So it's Pete's birthday. He turns up, and the other people have just bought this guy from the pub. There's oh, this guy's hilarious. I love him, and he's just a fucking oddball weirdo that Pete does not like. But like, he's too polite to say that he wants this guy to leave. And then you also got Graham Dixon, who plays Archie, who's this sort of posh mate, whose country manner it is, who just is massively into drugs and is just like he he's great in it as well. And yeah, this this film just builds up perfectly throughout. It's it's I think people refer to it as social anxiety horror. I, mean, I don't really think it's horror this film at all. There's definitely a lot of gaslighting in it, and it, I think it gives you a good showing of like how those relationships you make when you're in uni and you're a fucking kid and you're just drinking all the time, how those you, you grow out of them and the people that you loved back then, you don't necessarily have anything in connection with anymore now and stuff that you used to laugh about might seem childish or hurtful now. 
and it, a great example of like because you see everything from Pete's point of view. So you, you you're along with him thinking are people just being mean to him on purpose because it, it does seem like they're just all out to get him. And the the ending's great, like the way it builds up to to the end point. Really, really, really enjoyed it. I'll probably watch this again very soon, actually, now that I've started speaking about it. It is that good, and I recommend everyone watch it. Everyone? Yeah, everyone needs to watch it. It's great. There we go. Fucking hell. Ken, you watch it, you fucking bastard. All right, then. I will. (laughs) All my friends hate me. That's how it works. Yeah, I can relate to that straight away. So. (laughs) (laughs) No no question about it. You're number two, Ken. My number two is When Evil Lurks. Oh, holy shit. I didn't even put that on my list. That is my number two film. And Fuck, it's, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, it was out this year. It is, uh, I believe, Argentinian. Indeed. And again, we do the demon possession. Same guy who did Terrified, isn't it? Yes, yes, which uh, again was uh, was a very, very good film, wasn't it? That was I think that might have been effective. on my the first time we ever did this the, the, when it was just a, a piece on the website. I think that was in my top five then. I think it may have been actually. Yes, I think I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, but that it just that scene in the shower for terrified is uh, an amazing scene. Yeah, and also when he's in the one of the scientists is in the sort of desk and he opens the drawer and you can just see him. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, horrible. Yeah. But th- this film was fucking great. This, yeah, this one. It's uh, you got two two brothers in a remote village in the middle of nowhere. Um, find a like infected, as like possessed, some sort of like demon infestation. Um, about to see, give birth, I guess, isn't it? To evil, mm. just just an evil incarnate, just about to. Uh, and they think, right, well, let's let's just get rid of it. Let's get rid of it, and it will stop it. And unfortunately, it just spreads <laughs> instead. And it's um, there's some nasty, nasty bits in this film. There as well. is. There's some absolute like jaw dropping. The the bit with the girl and the, the little girl and the dog. I was just like, fucking yeah, hell. I was waiting for, as soon as that started. I was thinking, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm waiting for this, and then suddenly it hits, and you're still not actually ready for it, even though I was waiting for it. I don't think I was ready. Um, and yeah, it, it just possesses anything and everything, uh, humans, animals. It can possess whatever is there, and it just jumps. It just like moves on from from one to the next. It's it, and it's just a very very intense film. There's not a lot of like respite in this. No, it's absolutely just, not. It's fucking bleak. This film. Yeah, it's it just continues. It's like you get some quiet moments where they like discuss things, but it's never really that. It's never a relaxed atmosphere, and it is just kind of relentlessly foreboding. If if something's not happening you're kind of waiting for it to happen or you're getting over what previously just happened before something else going and happens. So it's, it's kind of just consistent. Yeah. There's not even like a respite before the horror sort of starts from the fucking first second. It's, it's bleak. Yeah. And foreboding. Yeah. And it's, it's just out there. It's the fact that it's so remote and it's just like, you know, it, it could be happening now for all we know. It's one of those where you just think, 
we'd never know until it was too late. And that's that's what the story is. They're trying to stop it before it becomes something. But at the same time, it's growing and growing and is becoming something whilst they're trying to stop it. I quite like the ending as well, quite an open ending. Yeah. Um, which would hopefully suggest that it may continue. But again, it's, it's one of those. It might not. It's As a standalone, it also works. So if they don't go on and do any more, it's, it's fine because it's finished. Yeah, but it lends itself. It lends itself to a possibility, and yeah. again, I, I like that. I like the fact that it's kind of, is that it or isn't it? And we we may or we may not find out, and so be it. <laughs> it's equally effective if we do find out or if we don't, and I, I quite like that as well. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this. That bit with the the farmer when he, he spots the goat that doesn't move, and that's yeah. the one that's possessed. And then the yeah, wife comes just out. staring at him. Yeah, it's just staring at him. And he, he fires his gun. All the other goats run off and just one still standing there just staring straight at him. Yeah, it's just it's just little bits like that where you just think, well, <laughs> that's just fucking weird. But I, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, the wife with the axe as well. Just Jesus. Yeah, yeah. it's just out, out of nowhere, isn't it? It's just like stuff just happening. It possesses it. And you, you, it's no, there's no real telltale time, uh, signs until you do something or until something happens. Yeah. So it could be anybody. It could be anything you don't know unless it shows you. You're not always ready for when it does show. And that's, that's what I think uh, it, it really works on, that sort of level. Just yeah. the suspicion and the paranoia that it's somewhere, but we don't know where. We don't know who, we don't know what, but it's definitely here somewhere and something's about to happen. And I think it, it does that very well. And it does that for the entire duration of the film. Yeah. And I mean, that, that feeling as well as in Terrifier, like, I mean, that's not Terrifier, Terrified. Just that, it's just the whole film, you're just you're not comfortable sitting watching it. That's why I loved yeah. the first one and that's why I loved his new one. Like, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, I, I just hope he carries on with the same sort of undiluted no holds barred, do what you want and we'll support it. And I just think that's, that's good. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, it's got the atmosphere, but it also is just brutal when it wants to be. Yeah. Don't shy yeah. away from anything. No, no, no. The violence in it is, is very violent. <laughs> it's, it's not comic book or anything, is it? It's just, uh, just very, very much in your face and like it or not, that's happening. Yeah. No, very good. Great. Great call. That is Ken. Great call. Um, my number one film that I watched last year again was I think January had a great first month all downhill from there (laughs) my number one was the Banshees of Inner Sharon if I've done something to you just tell me what I've done to you I just don't like you no more Have you been rowing? Have you been rowing? Have we been rowing? Well, you are rowing. It does look like we're rowing. You can't just stop being friends with a fella. He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. Maybe this whole thing has just been about getting you to stand up for yourself. How are you, fatty? Dancing with your dog, is it? What did you come here for? I just came to kick your door and give you a slagging. Why aren't you talking to Porrid no more? 
That wouldn't be a sin now, would it, Father? No, but it's not very nice either, is it? What I've decided to do is this. I have a set of shears at home, and each time you bother me, I'll take one of my fingers off with them. Starting from now. But shush like, Polly. You know, shush like. Yeah, I'd shush like. It's about one boring man leaving another man alone. One boring man, you're all fucking boring. Let's just call it quits. We won't call it quits. We'll call it the start. Fucking her. <laughs> so it's Martin McDonough's film. He obviously did In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. And it's about two lifelong friends who find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences. Fucking great performances. There's sort of four main actors in this. Colin Farrell is great in it. Brendan Gleeson's great in it. Kerry Condon plays uh, Colin's uh, sister. Also great. And then Barry Keoghan plays sort of the the village idiot sort of character and he's brilliant in it as well uh did you end up seeing this one no not yet oh really no i've, I've still not seen it I'm, I'm kind of just waiting for when i feel like i'm going to be in the mood to yeah i get you because although i don't really know what happens because i've avoided reading stuff mm. at the same time i'm thinking i don't know if i'd actually enjoy the film uh, to the point of actually like enjoying myself whilst I'm watching it. I'd probably appreciate it was good, but I don't know if I want to watch a film that I'm just going to, I don't know, not 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 enable me to enjoy it. It's so funny. Like, the, the, the accents really do help, I suppose, with some of the stuff that people say to each other. But it's just about, like, life on this tiny island and that, that the whole concept of the film is just the fact that these two guys aren't friends anymore. That's the whole plot. It's ridiculous in its own way, really. But I suppose back in the 1800s, and you, you, there's about 12 people on this one island, that sort of stuff is big news. You know, there's a war going on in Ireland over the other side of the of the ocean there. Well, I think that, that they, Inner Sharon's like a fake island just off island itself. So in Ireland, you can see that there's gunfire and there's wars going on. But, you know, over on this side... This is the big news, and it's it's so funny, it's so sad. The film itself, the cinematography is amazing. They actually they had this old woman hand make all of the the clothes for the film to give it that look. I mean, that that's great as well. I mean, I know Martin McDonough was a playwright, and I think this originally started off as a play, and you can tell it it feels very much like a play. I also love the fact that the sister's kind of the only one on the island who can see everyone for who they are and this the plot for what it is which is like it doesn't fucking matter who gives a fuck there's more important issues going on you know you're just a fucking bunch of idiots living on a tiny island just fucking get on with each other it's great honestly brendan glee like i I loved in bruges i think that's his best film yeah very Um, good film yeah and and in no small part because colin farrell and brendan gleason were fucking great together as the two hitmen waiting around in bruges for something to do and that them together in this is one of the, or if not the main reason I enjoyed it so much. Great to have them back to them two back together. And, uh, you know, I love Martin McDonough's film. So, you know, I think I was always going to love it, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Highly recommended. Banshees of Inner Sharon. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, he's also good in the, the guard. If you've seen that one. 
I don't think I have, no. Oh, that is good. He's an Irish policeman. Uh, Don Cheadle comes over for the FBI. Oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah, it is Mark Strong's in that one as well. But that, that's a very good film. So there you go. That's, that, that one's worth uh, having a look at if you do like the the stuff that you're talking about there. Yeah, that really, really did. He's also got a son, Donald Gleeson, I believe, is his son, who who had a great um, episode of Black Mirror. He's in a great episode of that. Oh, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm stuck halfway through Black Mirror. Yeah, it gets, yeah. Um, what's your number one soon then, as, Ken? Soon as soon as Sam Hayek left, I just kind of lost interest. Oh, this is the new one. The new yeah. one. Yeah, I think the the one with Dom. I've got Gleason a clip from that actually. Earlier. I I re I rewound the Sam Hayek uh, episode and took a clip of some dialogue and yeah, I keep meaning to post that. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it just sounds like the exact dialogue that we would put it for her to say. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's Sam Hayek talking about her anus. <laughs> <laughs> and when I watched it, obviously, I was fucking rock hard and aroused as hell. But, uh, <laughs> thank yeah, you, thank you for, thanks for the imagery. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'll post the pictures as well, if you like, <laughs> of me watching it. <laughs> obviously, you'd have to zoom in. <laughs> just, just the reflection <laughs> in the screen. <laughs> Yeah, just just me with me with me little uh, me little half one on. Little Kenneth. Yeah, <laughs> tiny Kenneth. It's called. Uh, What's uh, number my, one, Ken? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Enough, enough about my penis. Uh, my best film that I watched in twenty three was John Wick Four. This hit goes out to you, Mister Wick. Forty two regular, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living in this time behind enemy lines, so I got mine. I hope you challenge him to single combat. If you win, you'll have your freedom. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want. So, amen. Yeah. You ain't real, hope ya. Y'all feel the wrath of hell. The only way John Wick will ever have freedom and peace is in death. Yeah, not really. Wow, I haven't seen it. You've not seen it? No. Fucking hell, man. you seen the other three? I've seen one. The first one? Or just one of them randomly? And, yeah, I've seen the first one. Uh, to tell you the truth, I can only really remember the first one because I ain't got a fucking clue who all the incidental characters are. But I went to the cinema, I watched it, I went and sat on my own, and I sat on the front row. And I was just fucking smiling all the way through that film. 
to the point of feeling a little bit self-conscious of me smiling on my own in the cinema when people were being shot, stabbed, smashed their faces into stuff, and there's me laughing at them on the front row, like Robert De Niro in Cape Fear. <laughs> and, I, and I just thought to myself, I thought, I hope no one can see the, the, the my teeth shining in the in the light, know that I'm smiling at this. But it's it's like three hour, three and a half hours of fucking violence, and it's brilliant. It is so well made, and it's it's pretty much a non-stop ride as well. And I've watched this one. This one I've actually seen twice this year, so I did go back and watch this one again as well. But to see it in the cinema, it's amazing with the sound and everything, and just just the whole the whole package of being in the cinema watching this. And it's such an amazing film. I really really enjoyed this film. And it's got all the other characters in it. You've got all of your uh, your your Fishburns. He's in it. Old Lawrence, our good friend, Mister Clancy Brown. He's in it, and he looks fucking superb in this as well. He looks really, really good. Ian McShane's back. Uh, you've got Donnie Yen. He's in there as a uh, a blind man, and so effective is he in that that I got a message from my son who watched it saying, "Is Donnie Yen really blind?" <laughs> because he actually thought he was because he'd seen him in another film where he was also blind so he actually thought maybe he is blind yeah maybe in which case it's even more impressive but uh, yeah so it's it's a brilliant brilliant film you got Bill Skarsgård joins joins in on this one on uh, chapter 4 uh, Marco Zaro he's in it as well as uh, one of the top henchmen who to be honest looks a lot like uh, phone jacker guy from uh, Four Lions which <laughs> confused me for the first the half an hour. Kept seeing him thinking how the fuck is the phone jacker a martial arts expert? <laughs> uh, Lance Reddick in his final uh, movie performance is in it as well as Ian McShane's uh, right hand man and it's, it's just so good a film it's ridiculous. I'll give him that. I'm, I'm not going to say it's, it's so realistic because there's nothing in this that's realistic but it's just breathtaking. Everything. There's action set pieces in this film that are just fucking outrageous. Totally outrageous. You get a scene by um, the uh, Arc de Triomphe, and it's just cars driving round in circles. And it is incredible. You've got people being hit by cars, people thrown into cars. Um, people jumping out of cars and it's jumping over cars. It's absolutely brilliant. And I, I really did enjoy this film. And I say, I can't remember part two, can't remember part three, but this is just fucking amazing. And it really, really is an enjoyable film. And the camera works great as well. It's, uh, it's like one point it goes overhead on a crane and we get to see it from above as he goes through, like, traversing through rooms and stuff, and he's just going through rooms with shotguns and people running in behind him and he's turning and shooting them and, and everything. It's just so amazingly done. And then the camera just, like, sort of slowly comes back down to uh, to ground level again, and we just carry on. Yeah. And you got uh, you got Big Scott. Big Scott's in it about fucking time as well. Uh, he finally gets a, a John Wick appearance, and he's brilliant in it. 
wears a fat suit for some reason, but fucking you know, hell, he's great in it. He really is. Puts on his, uh, as I say, his best Russian accent, but obviously that's Voika. This one is kind of like a secondary accent. I say when I the only thing I ever saw about this is uh, people when they were talking about this online would talk about Scott Adkins in it. Yeah, he's brilliant. It seemed to be a role that everyone really liked him in, and everyone, if they didn't know him, were asking who he was. Yeah, he's not in it enough. I, I, I'll, I'll say that he he should have been in it a lot longer. Um, almost like a could have been a franchise character, but. He, he's in this one and he makes the most of it and he's fucking brilliant in it. And I say, it's all too brief, the fact that he's in it, but he makes such a great impact and the character that he plays is fantastic. Big fat suit. He's got uh, metal teeth, which I, I, apparently he must love because he did that in Avengement. What a film Yeah, exactly, yeah. And he, he does it again in this one, but... The fights in that, it's, it's just amazing, honestly. Everything in this is just incredible. The gun play, uh, sword play, it's like the martial arts in it, the, the violence of it. Keanu Reeves gets like thrown out of a window on his way down, smashes onto the roof of a van and then hits the floor and then he just gets up and runs off. It's like just absolutely amazing. And I watched it twi- twice this year and both times I have just been smiling at the end of it, and just thinking, fucking brilliant. And at the same time, I'm going to say it again, Keanu Reeves is not a very good actor at all. Oh, this beef with you and Keanu Reeves. It's not a beef. Honestly, his catchphrase as John Wick is, yeah, right? That's it. It's one word. It's just the word, yeah. And he fucking says it unconvincingly. (laughs) How has he even managed that? So maybe he is good. Because to unconvincingly say yeah, it's just quite a talent, I'm, I'm guessing. But it's he's 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 great in this film. He hardly speaks, which is probably why it's so good. But when he does speak, it's just ridiculous. But <laughs> honestly, everything in this film is good. All the characters are good. They're played magnificently. The stunts are amazing. Uh, I've never seen anybody fall down as many steps as uh, in this film. I know you talked about The Exorcist earlier. There was only thirty-nine, I believe, in that on that uh, on that uh, staircase. In this one, I think it was about two hundred and twenty-two or two hundred and twenty-seven or something like that. And uh, Keanu Reeves falls down, fucking all of them, more than <laughs> once. It's amazing. I mean, one extended shot of him just falling downstairs. <laughs> it's like repossessed. It's uh, it, honestly, yeah. it's great. Everything about this film is brilliant. Even the ending. The ending's good as well. So the ending, it might go on, it might not. Either way, I'll be fucking happy again. It's one of those that just ends where you just think, so hang on a minute, is anything? Actually, who fucking cares? We'll just find out. And uh, stay for the end credits, people, okay? I spoke to a guy that I watched this. He loves these films, and we were talking about this. And I said, what about that end credits, the post-credits scene? And he never stayed because he'd already been sat there for three and a half fucking hours and he just pissed off and left. But there is an end post credits scene. Not for long. Not for long. It's probably about 10, 15 seconds of footage, but it's it gives you something. But what a fucking film. Really, really appreciated this film. Really enjoyed it. And uh, that was me sat in the cinema on my own, laughing at people being shot, stabbed, maimed. 
brilliant. Excellent. Well, there you go. John Wick, Ken's number one film of last last year. No mention of uh, Nick Cage yet. No, no, I've, I've got an honourable mention. Yeah, me too. Uh, just to r- run them down, the top fives, whilst Ken scrambles to find out what his actually were, I'll do mine. <laughs> so my number five was Skinnamarink. My number four was No One Will Save You. Number three was Dinner in America. Number two was All My Friends Hate Me. And number one was Banshees of Inner Sharon. I've got in at number five, The Pope's Exorcist. At number four... It's Brian and Charles. At number three, talk to me. Number two, when evil lurks. And number one, it's John Wick 4. At number four, it's Brian and Charles. <laughs> Hello there. Welcome. And I think, you know, I think that this is the first year we've been doing this that we have not duplicated either choice of any list. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we would have. If I'd have remembered Evil Lurks, I think that would have been on my list, but I fucking forgot about it, didn't I? So, you know. Go on, what, what honourable mentions you got? Um, so we'll rattle through and we'll, we'll, I'll do one, you do one, yeah? Okay, go for it. Okay, so first one I'll say is A Wounded Fawn. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I watched that this year as well. Yeah, Travis Stevens, Josh Rubin plays a serial killer who takes a victim on a weekend away in the woods. Very Giallo-esque. Loved it, loved the atmosphere, loved the, the look of the film. Thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I, this this I don't know. I, I put down that it's very very good. I was just not sure if it was as good as I thought it was, which I guess is kind of an interesting <laughs> take on it yourself. Yeah, I think what we yeah. when we spoke about it, we both were blown away by the end, the very end. Yes, the you end know, the, credits. The, yes, loved that the yeah. end credit sequence. Very much so. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of this film. I, I really, really liked it. I, lo- I, yeah. I love the vibe. I love the look of it. As I say, I, lo- I love those like those films that sort of try to look grainy and seventies and does it well. I think. Yeah, I will. Uh, I I do agree. I thought this was a good film as well. I've forgotten I'd actually watched it this year, which I'm not sure I did. I don't know when it came out. I think I think I think you did. I think again, this was a very early January one. Yeah, a wounded fawn, twentieth of January. Yeah, that was on a Friday. Just uh, just before I watched the menu, which is also a very very good film. Not on my uh, mentions though. No, mine neither. Okay, what else you got? You got any more? Yes, I have Infinity Pool. Uh, I've got that as well. Yes, I've got that as an honourable mention. Yep, that's Cronenberg Junior. Cronenberg up to his old tricks. Yeah, carrying on the good. The good work he did with Possessor. Uh, for me, I preferred Possessor to this, but yeah, I still thought I Infinity Pool was 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 good, and I thought Mia Goth was 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 very good in it. Yes, uh, she was uh, simultaneously um, like very alluring and uh, seductive, and then incredibly unappealing and hideous. Yes, absolutely. I she, yeah, I think she she covered both of those like in a flash. <laughs> it, was, it was very, very good the way she managed that. Yeah, I think yeah. she's building a reputation for herself in the horror sort of community as being a pretty, pretty decent go-to because I think you know she was in X that everyone loved. Uh, everyone loved Pearl. I haven't seen that one yet. No, I've not seen Pearl. I liked it in X. Yeah. I think everyone's pretty high on Mia Goth at the minute. What about yourself? Have you got another one? Uh, I actually watched Top Gun Maverick. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, I watched that early this year, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a fucking good film. Yeah, I think every, everyone I've spoke to who's seen it says it's amazing. 
Yeah, and I, I'm not going in for the um, any of the nostalgia or anything. It wasn't just because, uh, oh, yeah, Top Gun, though, it's a great film. Because I didn't really give a fuck about Top Gun. I never saw it. I'm going to be honest. Never seen uh, Top I don't Gun. think I've seen the whole film. I don't think I've seen it all in one sitting. I've seen bits of Top Gun that would probably overall suggest that I've seen the whole film. Mm. But I've never just sat down and watched Top Gun. But this one... I don't think you need to. It doesn't really carry on. It mentions a few characters and it goes back a little bit to, oh, yeah, I remember you from. But you know they're only talking about the film Top Gun, so you don't actually need to know their story. And that is just a very, very effective film. Tom Cruise looks exactly the fucking same as he did in Top Gun anyway, somehow, uh, whereas everyone else looks a hell of a lot older. But I just thought it was a really well, it was a really good film. And it's not anything groundbreaking. The plot is pretty much fucking minimal there's they don't really have to do much it's like just a very basic this is your mission and that's basically your plot that's it you've got to get them all ready and that's it that that, nothing else just go for it but the way it comes out is it's very very uplifting kind of film it's uh one of the uh, adrenaline pumping films with the music kicking in and everything and you just kind of like fucking yes and that's that's the film and it ends Mm. and you think fucking good that i get to like i i can say that i i thought it's a film's good and the only reaction i get from uh, the wife if it's a good film and this is my barometer if it's actually legitimately good her reaction is yeah it was all right and that's it <laughs> that's that's the limit so if i get that yeah it was all right without any sort of enthusiasm i'll take that as it was a good film <laughs> this one, this one, she actually said that was good, which means for me that she's really enjoyed it. But yeah, Jesus Christ. Obviously, I'm only talking about films. She's never said that to me about anything else in my life. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was all right. That's that's my barometer of, oh, she's enjoyed that. But this one, yeah, actually got it. Actually got it. It was good. So there we go. That's, that's how good this film potentially is. Uh, I've got another one for you, Ken. Hit me with it. It's Nicolas Cage. Yes. It's Renfield. Oh, okay. I, I went in not with this thinking... Not seen it. Have you not? I went in with this thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this, to be honest with you. I was I was interested because, obviously, he was originally, in terms of iconic vampires, we had first dibs on him with Christmas for R2. Yes, yeah, of course, of course. We've uh, we recreated the Nicolas Cage as a vampire. Never mind Vampire's Kiss. This is a proper, proper old school. Yeah. But um, lots and, I mean, I've been told I say fun, to, uh, that films are fun too much. So I was trying not to, but I'm going to say it. Renfield is very, is a very fun film. He's having a oh, great. God, not again. He's having a great time playing um, Dracula, Nick Cage's. Um, it's gorier than I thought it would ever be um action scenes in it are really really good um i had a, I had a great time watching it surprised yeah i, I am i'm quite surprised by that because the reason i haven't watched it is because i just think it looks a bit shit yeah like exactly kid, I th- kids film kind of thing i literally watched it because i just saw i just saw it just on amazon i think it was and i was like not <clears throat> not much to do so i thought oh i'll watch it and yeah i ended up really liking it 
I ended up really liking it. So Nick, there you go. You're on. You you're on the list at least once this year. Uh, well, I watched one then. I watched one the other day. In fact, it was Thursday. So yes. Oh, no, <laughs> obviously you don't know what fucking day we're releasing this. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> I watched this a couple of days ago, <laughs> and it was um, Sympathy for the Devil, starring Nicolas Cage and uh, Joel Kinnaman, and. Um, Nicholas Cage has got red hair in it, <laughs> which apparently on day one of shooting he just turned up with. It was not part <laughs> of his his direction, his character. He was just like turned up with red hair to start filming this film. And he, he it's basically is it's Joel Kinnaman plays a guy who's um, on his way to the hospital. It's his wife's just having a baby, so he's on his way there, and in the hospital car park. Nicholas Cage gets in his back seat, pulls a gun on him, and tells him to drive. And they're off. They're on on their way somewhere else. And along the way, uh, things happen. And uh, it's it's just a I don't know the film without Nicholas Cage being in it. This film would have been uh, just yeah whatever. There's loads of films like this. It's just yeah okay. But again, Nicholas Cage in this. Seems to be fucking loving it. He puts a jukebox on at one point and does a bit of a song. He does a bit of a dance. He's fucking got his crazy eyes on. And he just seems to be really, really enjoying himself. And that comes across the screen. And I was enjoying it. And I I just thought, that is nothing new. Nothing they do in that film is new. But... His performance, Joel Kinnaman's good as well. He's uh, he's very effective in the in the other role, and there's it it takes you to certain points, but then doesn't go that way. It goes the other way, and you. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that one. It's probably not going to be anyone else's top five, top ten, perhaps even. But I knew we were going to uh, bring Nicolas Cage up at some point, and I think that in the last week that I watched it. That's that's got to be one of my favourites. I've seen him in this this year, just just purely because of his performance and the energy he puts into it. What was that called again? It's just called Sympathy for the Devil. Right. Um, my, I I text my son saying I'm watching Sympathy for the Devil, and he just put, "Oh right, what's the nature of its game?" Very good. <laughs> and I wrote back, "That's what's puzzling me." <laughs> and he sent back. He just sent back superb and a laughing face and we just didn't speak again for the rest of the film <laughs> just a little, little bit there a little bit of an enjoyment there about song lyrics and uh, film titles very yes. good yes everyone he's exactly the same as me <laughs> so there's um i spent quite a bit of time in liverpool this year and a new favourite cinema of mine. There's a cinema in Liverpool called Fact. Um, if you if you live in and around Liverpool, any of our listeners, go go to Fact and watch a film there because it's it's great. I, I really really enjoy going to that cinema. And in fact, I went on my own to that cinema. I literally went up to Liverpool on my own. I had a little look around Liverpool and then ended up going to the cinema on my own to watch a film. And that film was called Anatomy of a Fall. Have you heard about this film? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm look, uh, looking it up now though because I'm not sure I've seen it. No, it's uh, it, it might even still be in the cinema now. It's about a woman who's suspected of killing her husband, 
And it's about her son who's blind and he faces the moral dilemma as he's the main witness to it. And it's it's very it's very talky talky. All the films I love are pretty much like that. Just much talking, talking, talking. Sandra Huller plays the, the main woman, also called Sandra, and she's fucking great in it. And it's such a good film. So well written. Great performances, um, absolutely well worth it. If anyone's interested in, what, what would you class this as? Kind of like a who done it, murder, chatty thing. It's it's great, honestly. Give it a watch. Anatomy of a Fall. Good, excellent. Another another suggestion for everybody. Yeah. What else have I got? I've got um. How many more have you got? Honorable mentions. One, two, three, four. Right. Okay. In that case, I, I was going to cut a couple out, but I'll keep them in. Uh, I've got Project Wolf Hunting. You heard of that one? No. No, it is. Um, I think it's where it's from now. It might be Korean. And uh, it's basically a load of prisoners all get put on a boat because uh, they're being transferred and they're all the most violent fucking criminals you can get. You know, because it went well in uh, Con Air. So they do it again, but on a ship. And um, they escape and start killing everybody, which, again, why wouldn't they? That seems to be what happens. And in the middle of all that carnage, uh, it turns out that in the bowels of the ship, there's a secret lab that has created a super soldier warrior of an undead man who has got psychopathic superhuman strength and killing powers. Bloody hell. It's always the way. Just in case, yeah, just in case the first part of the plot didn't sound like it was going to be good enough. So now there's also a monster going around killing everybody. Um, it's just blood everywhere. Honestly, it's just like I'm everybody's like Bowie just a bit then, when blood. you said that. <laughs> there's oh, just no, blood, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> Whose is all this blood? Blood? Oh no, not another monster. Is that what, is that what he says? I think so. Yeah, top secret lab. Monster, killing machine. Uh, escape convicts, weapons, bloodshed, non-stop, enjoyable, enjoyable, fucking stupid, nothing else happens, there's no real development, it's literally just as soon as it starts, that's what's going to happen, and it gets really stupid, but it's violent and fun, well worth watching, Project Wolf Hunting. Nice, does sound good. Uh, I'm going for, the next one is Past Lives. Saw okay, that again yeah. at uh, at fact. That's about two friends over the course of twenty four years, a, a man and a woman. They contemplate the nature of their That's, relationship. Uh, is that Korean as well? It is. Yeah, they contemplate the nature of their relationship as they grow apart from living different lives. She goes and moves over to America. He stays in Korea. He's very Korean. It's, it's, she describes him as being very Korean, and she's obviously Korean American now. She um, is in a relationship with an American man. And he still is massively in love with her. And they chat over the internet shortly after she... Well, not shortly after she's gone. When they're in college, I think. And they rekindle. And then he decides not to go over. And then eventually, years late, 24 years later, in fact, he goes to visit her and shot fucking... There's some amazing shots in it. There's a shot where the their children... I think it might be the last time they see each other before she moves away and they walk up two different stone steps away from each other and just the, the way it's shot, it's so beautiful. And there's a shot in front of a carousel that's amazing. It's just it's such a really, really nicely 
directed film and the the film itself is is so good and i like the fact that the american sort of husband boyfriend partner whatever i think it's a husband i think it'd be easy to make him sort of the villain you know what i mean like make him sort of unlikable and mistreat the the woman and she goes back to the the childhood sweetheart where in fact he's a nice guy and they don't play it like you would expect it which i really appreciated as well because i thought maybe that's where they were going with it but they didn't Directed by Celine Song and uh, very, very much uh, one to, to watch, I think. It, I really, really enjoyed it. Nice. You got another one? Not sure I'll watch that one, though, to be honest. Sounds a bit, uh, sounds a bit like for girls and shit. <laughs> Still, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've got one. I've got another one, and it is called Bloody Hell. <laughs> well, you were right. What, what's happened? No, that that is the name of the film. Oh, I thought something happened to you. I thought you. No, 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 not at all. It's it's just called Bloody Hell, and it is very simple story. Is a, a man with a past who goes to Finland to escape the whole thing, and ends up in a world of trouble. He's uh, taken hostage by a family, and uh, he's just kept in a cellar. Uh, and it's it's just really good. It, it's it's just I don't want to give too much away because it is actually quite a like a surprising movement of film. And the one bit I didn't like was that uh, the character appears and talks to himself. So like he's kind of like narrating his own stuff, saying like what are you, what are you doing? Why don't you just do this? And I don't really like that. I don't really like it when that sort of happens, where the, the character comes out of himself and just sort of plays the devil on the shoulder kind of thing. But in this occasion, I I, I didn't mind it, and he's he's quite funny. He's quite a likable guy, even though he's a bit of a dick. But yeah, he, he just gets taken hostage by this family. Um, it's, it's it's violent. It's funny. It's quite, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like politically incorrect. It's it's just kind of amusing. A bit of xenophobia in there as well, it being like a foreign place and it's just unusual. The, the people, when he gets there, they're exactly the same to him because he's not from there. And it's 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 just good. It's it's good. It's like there's the, the, the family that kidnap him are all maniacs. And he's a bit of a fucking dick himself, and he's he's done stuff, and that this, the whole thing is just quite enjoyable. It's just fun, but uh, that that's one that I don't know if if people will have heard of. It's uh, from twenty twenty, so it's it's been out a while. I think I got it on Prime again or Shudder. It was one of the one of the two that it, it's just it's one of those that's just like under under radar, but I enjoyed, mm. and that was just simply simply called. Bloody hell. Nice. I think those are the best like um, recommendations anyway, isn't it? Ones that people might not necessarily yeah, have seen. I just found it. I put it on my list. I put it on my list because it was called Bloody Hell. It was an 18 and it was like violence was one of the taglines or one of the words to describe it. So I put it on my list and then one day I was just bored and I thought, go on then, let's watch this, see what happens. And I thought, that was fucking good, that. Liked it. There you go. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. I like uh, it bloody hell. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do a quick fire two just to rattle them off, get them out of the, out of the way. Go for it. Scrapper, 
you heard of Scrapper? Uh, no, unless it's Scooby-Doo's young nephew. No, it's about a, a young girl whose mom dies. She ends up living on her own on a council estate, pretending that her uncle lives there with her to stop pe- uh, the um, what's it called the council coming around, taking her away, putting her a kid's home. Social services. Oh yeah, that's it. Social services. Yeah, stopping social services from taking her away. Uh, meanwhile, her uh, biological dad he turns up, tries looking after, tries be being mates with her. This this girl's very streetwise. She steals bikes to make money and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's just about the relationship between the the dad and the daughter. And it's uh, it's a re- it's a British film. It's, it's really well acted. Great script to it. Really enjoyed it. Scrapper. Similarly, or not very similarly, but sort of watch them very, very close together. The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I have, but I won't ever watch it. Yeah, Peter Broadbent goes to see his old friend from work, I think, an old like female friend from work who's dying, and he decides to walk there from the arse end of nowhere to the other arse end of nowhere, right the way across the UK, very Forrest Gump-esque. Um, and I really enjoyed isn't that. It's Jim, Jim Broadbent, isn't it? Yeah, what did I say? The old Wolves player. <laughs> uh, you said Peter, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Jim Broadbent. Jim Broadbent, <laughs> not the Wolves player from the 1950s. Yeah, he's uh, Jim Broadbent's, uh, he's really, really good in it. And um, I would also recommend that. I thought that was decent. Well, my son and my mum actually were discussing this yesterday when they were both at my house. They were discussing that film. And uh, and I was just like, whoa, 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 what film are you talking about? So I was thinking they were going to spoil it. And they told me what it was about. And uh, and I said, no, you can carry on because I'll never watch it. No, it sounds a load of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Your Interesting mom. fact there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just talking about Peter Broadbent, the Wolverhampton Wanderers player from the 1950s, <laughs> having a long walk. And I thought, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, his brother, Jim. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, he's a good actor, so I'd watch that. Right, do you want my... I've got another two, then, if, if we're just finishing this one off. Yeah. Oh, and also... Um... Oh, fucking hell, it's not another boring love story, is it, that you've got? <laughs> fucking hell, what are you watching? This is a fact fact. Are, like a... are we doing a podcast about of the stuff we do about when the films that we enjoy are a load of shit? <laughs> That's what people are wondering. Oh, well, facts That's like what an... people are at home, they're listening, thinking, what the fuck, man? What are these two on about? <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, facts like an independent cinema where there's a lot of independent films. So that's, that's a, a lot of what I watched this, this year. All right, hang on a minute. Are you getting paid by them? Is you're fucking using this this podcast to get paid by Fact Cinema in Liverpool, you better not be. I uh, fucking wish I would be. Got free free entry. Be, you got to share. Not after you just shit all over them for the last five minutes. Not them. I'm shitting on the films they're showing. It's not. There's no reflection on them. Unless that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> all right. Fair enough then. Uh, also, Wes Anderson, uh, Asteroid City. Watched that, enjoyed that as well. I'm a big Wes Anderson fan, so enjoyed that. I I actually thought you was you were talking about a film called Wes Anderson, <laughs> and I was thinking, what's that about? He just lost somebody called Anderson. He's out in the desert or something. Yeah, it's Anderson's Arnold, not come back. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Where is that Anderson? Sounds awful. <laughs> Good memories of that. In fact. 
drinking red wine, watching that film, Ken. Fact, uh, fact, fact. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Just give the us facts, just the facts, ma'am, which uh, I believe is your incredible Bruce Willis impression. That's, oh, yeah, the good old days. Go on then, Ken, salvage the podcast with your two amazing uh, choices. Oh, my honourable mentions. I've yep. got another one. It was called The Witch Part 1 Subversion from 2018. Oh, this is the uh, Asian films. It is indeed, yes. Yep. I have watched uh, Part 2 as well since then, called The Other One. Not mm. as good, but still okay. I haven't seen the second one, saw the first one. Yeah, I wasn't really that bothered about it because it was called The Witch and I couldn't be fucking bothered with watching some bullshit about a teen witch and all that shit. I'm not interested in any of that. But I was told it was very, very good and I watched it and it was very good. It's uh, very violent and enjoyably so. Uh, Just, you know, watch it. I ain't fucking saying any more about that. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the other one is Hell House LLC Origins. The Carmichael Manor. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was a very good film. I thought it was a uh, it was found footage. I know you're a fan of the found footage um, genre, but I just thought they did it very well. And I did yeah. like the original Hell House. I, yeah, you know, the second one not as good. The third one, I don't think I've ever actually finished the end of the third one. It's rubbish, isn't it? But this one, this, uh, the, well, I thought this one was very uh, effective. You know, I, I liked I, this. I liked one. it. I liked the yeah, first one a just lot. Went, just went back to, yeah, I, I did. I, I thought the first one was very good. Um, as I say, the other two in the middle, kind of, sort of, just the same sort of thing. But this one, I, I thought was top, top notch uh, found footage, scary fucking clowns, that kind of shit, uh, bouncing balls where bouncing balls shouldn't be, shouldn't that be bouncing, kind of, uh, that kind of uh, scenario. And uh, oh, I like this one. I liked it. Yeah, I did as well. I liked when she's on the Zoom call and she's thrown through the pictures and then they start just showing, actually going up the stairs towards her. I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The house that she's in. Yeah, photographs mm. of the house she's in, moving closer to where she is. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, it was just good. I thought it was a good a good addition to it. Yeah, no, I totally, I'm going to say, say big fan of found footage, so I enjoyed that one as well. Right, well, there you go. There's a million good films that we watch this year, like we do every year. We choose a million things to say that we enjoyed, and we do five <laughs> or six to say that we didn't like. And there you go. Choices galore for you guys to watch. Some actual, I think there's some imagine actual... Imagine if we did. Imagine, imagine if next year, imagine if next year we just do our top million <laughs> <laughs> each. <laughs> to be honest with you, though, I think there is some legitimately good recommendations for films that people wouldn't have seen from both of us. So I, I think it's been a good list this year. Well done, Ken. Thank you. Well done, Dom. Thank you very much. We just congratulate ourselves because no, nobody else fucking does. So we'll <laughs> have to do it ourselves. Exactly. And well done, you guys. Thank you for listening to us for another year. Thank you for listening to another Best and Worst of. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, give us a like, thumbs up, subscribe, all that usual goodness. If you didn't like it, keep that thought to your fucking self, eh? <laughs> yeah, do you know one of the worst films that I didn't put on was the one that uh, the director messaged me and started calling us names. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even say I didn't even say it was that shit. I just said, uh, "What the fuck's this all about?" That kind of thing. Yeah, got a message. Got a message. Everyone at home, there listening. Uh, we were we were called smug cunts, if you can believe that. Can you? Surely not. I think some can. Uh, we were 
We were also called uh, Giggling Like Schoolgirls, where that's uh, uh, at our own jokes, which I think, fair. Yeah, (laughs) you know, know, I can't argue with that one. Um, And we were called uh, Failed Film Students, living off our parents' money in their basement, (laughs) which again, yeah, spot on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a bit weird though, because I'm I'm living in Dom's parents' basement and he's living in my parents' basement. So what the fuck happened there? Yeah, that was uh, that was all based on a, a film that I didn't particularly enjoy, but also never really said was that bad. And I've avoided that this year. I've avoided putting it on my list because I don't want to. I don't want to be bringing that up again. You know, I th- I think we're happy now between us. We've 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 become the very best of friends. <laughs> It wasn't David Gordon Green, was it? Not this time, no. No, it will be next year, no. will it, after what I've said about him in the last two ones? Well, let's hope he gets in contact through social media, because it's, it's me that does it. So uh, I'll be I'll be answering on your behalf. <laughs> Excellent. And I will be scathing. I will be so scathing. Speaking of social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or X, or whatever the fuck it's called nowadays. Just search for The Bad Movie Court. You can find us. There's a discussion group on Facebook. Come and join everyone. There's loads of fun going on over there, probably. <laughs> Spoken like a true member of the group, Dom. <laughs> yes. I think, I think everyone's having a lot yeah, of fun there. there probably is. I don't know. There's probably a, a couple of comments in there by now. Normal service will resume. As of next episode, we'll be back with another movie review, deep dive and film pitch right here on the Bad Movie Cult podcast. See you next time, Kenneth. Bring your fucking A-game. Onwards and upwards for 2024. I'm a watermelon slamming to your driveway. Crack me open so I feel the air inside me. Like a tongue-tongue. In my eardrum, dum dum, music boyfriend and your yum yum. Call me and I'll come. Fuck the rest of them. Fuck them all. Fuck them all but us. Anyway, yeah, yeah, enough about my penis.